Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have a very, very special guest. This is Megan Tong. And she's special, one, because she's amazing with money and coaches people in their relationship with money. But she's also my coach. And we've worked together on my relationship with money. And she changed my life in so many ways. And I wanted to bring her on because I know people with bulimia tend to struggle with money as well in different ways. But they tend to have sometimes issues with money. I obviously had issues with money and sometimes still do, but I wanted to bring Megan on to talk about it. So Megan, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, firstly, give us a little background on how you came to be a money coach. Like what brought you to this place? Yeah, totally. So what I do in my coaching is I help people make money doing what they love. And then I help them take that money and create a rich life for themselves. And how I got to this place is that I went to school to be a CPA. So I'm a trained accountant and I did that for a little while. The cubicle life definitely wasn't for me. Um, And then I eventually left that profession and started my own Australian style meat pie business. And while I was growing my meat pie business with my partner, we, you know, we grew it to like three locations and a million dollars in revenue. We eventually sold it in 2018. And all the while I always had it in my mind that I really wanted to create financial freedom for myself. So that was a priority for myself from the get-go almost in my career. I don't know if it's because as soon as I saw a cubicle, I was like, Oh gosh, I got to plan my escape or I don't know what it was, but I always had it in my mind that um, I wanted wanted to create financial freedom for myself. So all the while I was also building a portfolio of real estate with my, with my then boyfriend, but now husband. Um, and we built up our portfolio of real estate. And by the time I sold Kanga, the Australian style meat pie restaurant, we had achieved financial freedom, which means that I could really like do anything that I wanted and really tap into what was my passion. And I remember that I loved money. Like that was the reason that I became an accountant in the first place. I loved money. I loved talking about money. I loved helping people with money. And that's when I sort of got on a path to helping people with their money. The most obvious thing to do was to do like personal financial planning. And that's what I started doing. I started helping other financial planners and also taking on some of my own clients. And as part of that, I also started doing some money coaching, which is slightly different than financial planning. Money coaching is more about helping people change their behaviors and their attitudes around money. So um, the best way to kind of differentiate that is financial planning is a planning exercise. Money coaching is more for the person who who's like 
they're making money, but they don't know where any of it goes. Um, maybe they have, <laughs> yeah. the, and like, even though, like I saw people who were making, you know, $300,000, $400,000 a year, and they would, they had massive credit card debt. Not, I don't want to say massive credit card debt, maybe $100,000 of credit card debt. And they just really weren't staying afloat despite having really strong incomes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really loved working with the money coaching clients on like the, the behaviors and the thoughts and stuff like that. And at the same time, I was realizing that um, I was giving my money coaching clients like these very, very specific ways of doing things, like kind of the how of things. So it was almost like giving somebody a very specific diet, like, okay, we're going to eat this at nine, we're going to eat this at 12. Um, so I would give them very specific like spreadsheets and ways of setting up their bank accounts and things like that. And I realized that while I was doing this and I got those from other money coaches, but I was like, I don't even use these spreadsheets. I don't mm. even have this way of setting up these bank accounts. I don't have seven <laughs> different bank accounts. I have like two bank accounts. And right. so it was just really interesting because I was giving people like this exact prescription that I didn't even use. And yet I was wealthy. And so that's when I kind of started tapping into like really realizing that, oh no, it isn't actually this specific spreadsheet or bank account setup. It's actually how people think about money. Like Mm -hmm. I would talk to so many of my wealthy friends and they all had slightly different ways of managing money. But what I noticed that they had in common was how they relate to money and how they relate to themselves. Um, That was the commonality. That was the common factor. And that's when I really got into like more the mindset aspect of things. Um, Okay. Can I ask, like you just, firstly, you just, answered so many questions that I had for you. So like, that was such an, your introduction was so informative. So thank you. But can I ask like what in the common for people who are wealthier and that you were talking to, what was the common way that they were relating to money that helped them? What do you think was like the most positive mindset they had? Well, that's a, that's a really interesting question. There's, there's a few different aspects of things. One thing I think is that um, they had a real like future outlook on things. So they had no problems like investing for their future. Um, but another thing is that they had a positive attitude towards money. Yeah. Like they liked money. They felt that money was helpful in their lives. I, I want to say like, all I thought about was money. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, um, it, it was important to them in their lives right just like mm-hmm. for some people like health is really important as it as it should be right um for them money was important so they would actually pay attention to it they would become educated in it you can imagine like all the different actions that you take when you have a positive attitude towards something versus like ew i hate that or like I'm not good at that. And like, maybe never will be, or, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, money was always just like, is the source of so much pain and suffering. Um, which, so a lot of people like through their, the experiences that they've had growing up, they just have so many negative feelings associated with the circumstance, with the fact that is money, right? Money is not good or bad or, or evil or good or anything like that. It is just a circumstance, like a very mm-hmm. neutral circumstance. Um, so that is like really the main difference. Just like having like maybe like either a positive or a neutral feeling towards it versus like 
having lots of emotional, like negative emotional, um, like negative feelings around it. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause one thing I wanted to ask you about while you were talking is like, um, people, cause you said, I always loved money and earlier and I was like, Oh, that is going to be a triggering statement to a lot of people. Cause even I grew up, mm. as you know, like money's bad. The pursuit of wealth is bad. Like thinking about money or, or caring about money too much is bad. And then also equally on the flip side, people that are struggling financially, or maybe they have a lot of wealth, feel bad about it. Right. Or they have tons, tons of shame about how they spend money. And so that can either either kind of make them unconsciously avoid money opportunities or just unconsciously avoid looking at their money in general and avoiding it and hoping that it all just solves itself. Like either they make more money or just like, it doesn't, it resolves somehow. Yes, totally. Yes. So many people take the action of avoiding money. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and when like, sometimes like you don't even know what you're thinking but when you look at what you're doing that can be like your biggest in into your money mindset right what are you actually doing when you actually observe yourself from like a fly on the wall or like an outside person like looking at you sometimes that is the in like you like most people's money thoughts are not as um at the surface as when I say like, oh, money's evil. Most people don't think to themselves, money is evil. No. <laughs> they just avoid yeah. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just and unconsciously so, breeze past it. Yes, exactly. But like mm-hmm. when, you know, and it takes some like inquiring and looking into like what they're thinking and feeling um, to to really uncover things. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because most people don't even realize like the negative feelings and associations they have with money. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe like a statement, like I love money, maybe that will help bring up some of those that they didn't, that some people don't even know are lurking there. Mm-hmm. Well, we've done a lot of work together on money. And even when you said that I had an immediate, like it's a bit, it's mild. It's gotten much better. It was like a mild cringe of like, Ooh, I don't like it. It's bad. And I know that that's not true. Cause like money is actually very helpful for our lives and for helping other people. And it's a good thing to have and, and to be in management of, but it's, it's crazy. The unconscious beliefs that drive your behaviors from money. And I think the biggest thing I, obviously you helped me with so many things with like, firstly, understanding where my money was going. Cause I was one of those people that was like, I'm making more money. Where is it going? And like, I don't, I don't get it. But then also like I had so many unconscious beliefs about money and shame around money. And that drove my spending behavior as well. And how I dealt with the money that I had, that sort of stuff. So when people like, when you work with people, I guess that have a bunch of unconscious beliefs about money, maybe a lot of shame around money or their money situation, where do you start? What do you do? Yeah, it, it really just depends on, um, on where they're starting, I guess. I, co- I coach people one-on-one, um, you know, we coach together one-on-one. So it depends on where they're starting. Sometimes um, what, uh, where we generally start is differentiating between a circumstance and a thought, which I know you do with your clients a, mm-hmm. a lot too, right? Like a lot of times human beings, we confound the circumstance with our, the thought about it, with the story. So like um, people will come and be like, oh, I have, I have this debt and it's like, 
so big and um like it's it's just massive and I don't know if I'll, I kind of feel like I'm drowning and like um you know just like even literally like the words it's so big it's massive mm-hmm. that is the story that is a thought so generally we do start there right there is the debt and no matter and like you I even said that at the beginning right so if you're looking at your massive debt right that's just and mm-hmm. that is like so it's so easy to go into the story around it that really is just the story so the first step is differentiating between the circumstance that is like what is the debt is it fifteen thousand dollars of credit card debt and then picking that apart from like all of the things that the person is telling themselves about it. A lot of times it's not just like, oh, it's massive and it's like insurmountable. Some, sometimes, as you said, it's, it's thoughts about themselves. Like mm-hmm. I have no self-control because I have credit card, like I have credit card debt and only people who have no self-control have credit card debt, right? So a lot of times it's the thoughts about themselves as well um, mm-hmm. that we, we just, um, we take those apart from the circumstance um, that is the exact amount of debt. There is, and, and this might be even mind blowing for something for some people, is that there is nothing bad about debt. There is nothing bad. I'm glad that you said about that. Credit card debt, and there is nothing bad about any debt. There is nothing inherently bad about it. There's nothing. Again, why why is there nothing bad about credit card debt or any debt? <laughs> <laughs> so now everyone is like, um, error, something's wrong. <laughs> right? Yes. Like it is so villainized. Um, and the fact of the matter is that like all of that is a story. It is not the fact like it, credit card debt is a circumstance. It is, is is a fact in some people's lives. And like, I also don't want to say like, don't worry about your credit card debt. Don't worry about getting rid of it or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying it doesn't have to have all of these negative associations and whatever created the credit card debt, you can still always choose to have your own back. And there is, there's, it is not um, necessary or even helpful to beat yourself up about it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think like that, that is something that does also come with a lot of people who have blame us that is that they are, they're very hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely. And especially with bulimia, like they spend a lot of money on binging and purging, right? So like the binge food and even I have a lot of clients who they're so upset about the money, the amount of money that I spend or that they spend on that food. And it's like, stop shaming yourself. You're allowed to spend money on what you want to spend money on. And then I think it's more about, like you said, looking at the behaviors and thinking this is neither bad nor good. There's no morality attached to it, but do you want to keep on spending the way you're spending? I think that you helped me with that a lot of like, at our first coaching call ever, I'm pretty sure you just had me look at my money. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do this. You know, it was so emotional. I just was like, Oh, very uncomfortable. And yet just offering me that clarity. And then you, you phrase it in such a neutral way. Like this is the number, this is what actually is. Cause I had all these thoughts and just understanding the actual situation, looking at it and then going over. And like you said, having your own back about your purchasing decisions, that was life-changing for me. Cause like, I still have debt, but I'm more, I have my own back about it and working towards what I want to do with my money in the future. That makes a world of difference. 
Yes. Yes. So good. I love that actually you brought, you brought that up. Um, like what we did in our first session, I kind of mm -hmm. forgot about that. Yes, that is what we do. I was saying like, we, we look at what is right now. What is, so where are we right now? And just removing the morality from that and, and any shame or, or guilt or anything like that. I mean, that doesn't necessarily happen in like one hour. Um, no. it's a journey, right. And it's, it's it's changing the way we think about things because sometimes we think that beating ourselves up about something is the way to change mm -hmm. and what we discover in life coaching is that there is a way way better way that feels a lot better and that is so much more effective and that is the opposite of beating yourself up mm -hmm. well I would it's kind of like working towards what do you want, right? And coming from positive reinforcement and understanding like, hey, these things are leading to these results. What else do you want to do? And then working towards doing those things. And if you aren't doing those things, understanding why you're not doing those things and pushing forward. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So what do you do like um, with people and money? Let's say there's someone out there listening right now their money situation is just chaos, right? <laughs> if from their perspective, and maybe they are spending recklessly in their opinion, where would you start with them? Do you think, what would you say to them? I would probably start with, it might, I might start with like looking at the what's so right because that is so important like just get taking stock and like you said Jacqueline sometimes that just like takes a little bit of like having someone not hold your hand through it but be there with you in that experience of it because sometimes people are just like have so much negative feeling around it and they've just been avoiding it for so long so sometimes just having that other person there to help you with it and and sort of um give you that reinforcement, um, that you're on the right path and that you're, you're doing the right thing and that you can do this is so helpful for some people. If they're really feeling like they've been avoiding it for a really long time in terms of like the people who, who are spending, like they feel recklessly, I would, it's the same with the bullying. I would start to ask themselves, why? What is the feeling that you're trying to give yourself by spending? Mm -hmm. That is the, that is at the bottom of all the spending that we do. Yeah. <laughs> all of the actions that we ever take in our lives and spending or not spending is simply an action, right? Yeah. It's to have a feeling. It's to give ourselves some kind of feeling. So some people overspend because they want to feel belonging. Like that's like the kind of the traditional, like keeping up with the Joneses kind of idea. Right. But like a lot of times it's not like, oh, it's not as obvious as like, oh, that person bought like a nice car. So I want to like also have a nice car. A lot of times it's like my friends are going on a trip and I want to, I want to be with them and not miss out and be able to go on trips with them as well. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what is the feeling that you are wanting to give yourself with the money that you're spending. Sometimes it's belonging. Sometimes it's love. You're like, you want to get like sort of approval from other people. Um, sometimes it's just joy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Sometimes it's just fun. Right. And you're, you, or you just want that dopamine hit. Like sometimes it's just enjoyable. 
Exactly. Like mm-hmm. you just want to create fun and joy in your life. So looking at the feelings that you're craving and going after and, um, and I listened to one of your podcast episodes, Jack and we talked about this and, and looking at different ways that you can get that feeling that you can create mm-hmm. that feeling. Cause ultimately what does create that feeling is your thoughts <laughs> yeah. and your thoughts can be created in any circumstance. So like, if you're always, if you have something that gives you that shot, um, of whatever feeling you're looking for, of course it becomes like a, like a reinforcement tool. Right. And you keep wanting to do that. Um, so you just want to find other ways of giving yourself that joy or that belonging or that love that maybe don't, um, that are not dependent upon buying something or spending money in some way. Yeah, no, I think what you said this is very powerful about like spending is about trying to achieve some sort of feeling and people don't think about that. It's just like, oh, it's a money transaction, but you're spending your money on things that are important to you for some reason. And generally it's to create some sort of result in your life. Um, And I think maybe a good first step for people to what you helped me with is kind of just like whatever your decision is owning it. Like I remember one time you we were talking about a vacation I wanted to go on and you were like, well, are you okay going into debt for this vacation? <laughs> and I said, yes. And at first I thought it was like, that's wrong. But I'm like, I'm okay with it though. And like, you, you can be okay with sometimes different financial decisions. They don't have to look the same as other people. But I think owning that, maybe I'll change my mind in the future. Maybe I won't be okay with that. But for now, it was like a good moment of, yeah, I'm all right with this feeling. And that's cool. As you know why you're doing it and you're okay with the decisions, they feel much more empowered than you feeling like you're completely out of control with money. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Having that intentionality and that proactive look that like, this is a decision that you are making. And Mm -hmm. what I'm going to tell people is this too. No one can tell you what your rich life is. Only you know what your rich life is and any kind of like rules out there need not apply to you. You are your own person. You are the boss of your life and the boss of your money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So no one can tell you like you should buy a house. You should have like this much amount saved for like retirement. Like you get to make the rules of your own life or like you should only spend 5% of your money on, on like vacation or whatever it is, right? Like you get to make up all the rules in your life. I think where people go wrong is when they do it unconsciously and they Mm -hmm. just like, they are making decisions just like without, like without actually intentionally making them. And then after then they're like, oh shit, like look what I did. And they experience the regret. But if you, if you actually have like the intentionality behind it, then you can have your own back in all the decisions that you make and you get to make the rules for your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm kind of correlating it back to bulimia because there's a parallel here. Um, Something I did with binging is I kind of took responsibility for it. I'm like, okay, like Mm. the decision that we're making, I stopped making it a big deal, even though binging was not the best for me health-wise, long-term wasn't the best stress solution, but it did provide a benefit. And I just kind of like accepted the reality of what I was doing. I was like, this is my decision, but cool, we're doing this. And over time, it made me think about it a lot more rationally, made me realize I have power of what I'm doing. And over time, led me to make different decisions. And the same is with money. 
while again, there are certain consequences, things like going on vacation and debt, things like that. But over time, I felt since then like, right, but I, I have the power to make different decisions and I, and I have made different decisions since then. And so you think like we, I think a lot of people, not just in bulimia, we think if you make this decision, then it's going to, we're going to completely fall off the window and we're going to be, I don't know, like doing, we're going to be dead or something. I don't know, but actually you might start making different decisions if you just own up to what you're doing right now and be fully conscious of it. Yes, that, that is so good. Yes. Owning, like realizing that like things are not just happening to you. You have a choice in them, right? And you Mm -hmm. can decide. And when you look at your actions, you can see the decision that you have made and know that like, yes, things are not just happening to you. All of your money results are results that you have, that you've created, right? They're not just happening to you. And when we get into that space, it, it, you become so much more powerful. That that's so well said. Yeah. Um, there was something else. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no. I just wanted to clarify Like, cause I know that people hear that and they'll think like, well, what if a natural disaster happened? Like, yeah, no, you can't control that. And you can't control like the government tomorrow could say you get no money and it's all like whatever. And then like that decision's out of your control, but you still get to decide what you can do with the circumstances you have. And so I just, I just wanted to clarify that. Cause I know someone, if you don't see the full thing, they're going to be like, wait, wait, wait. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad that you did clarify that. Like there are so many things that happen that create results that are, are kind of out of our control. Right. And yeah. like, it is what we're going to do in the face of that. So I don't mean to say like every single thing that's, that's happening is like your fault. And it's not even like, I, I feel like fault is not a good place for anyone to go. Like, it's not like your fault that you like have credit card or something like that. It's just like mm-hmm. um, a place to come from, a useful place to come from can be like, um, taking responsibility for it. That's all. hundred um, percent. Yeah. It's like, you can't go back in time and maybe you made those choices unconsciously. I would say with people with binging and with money it can correlate to you. It's not like you decided, Oh, I want to be bulimic for 20 years, but in those moments, it really felt like the best option you had. And a lot yes. of times money choices are like that too. And if someone mm-hmm. had come and told you, Hey, did you know you can make this, this, and this choice? And like, this could be another avenue. You probably would have taken that avenue, but you didn't have that going on in your mind at the time. So you didn't do it. It's not, it's not like you're to blame for it, but you do have responsibility for what you can do now. Yes. Uh, an amazing thought for that. Um, like that kind of like just encapsulates that, um, is I did the best I could with the tools that I had, Mm, or I did the best I could with the knowledge that I had, because all our lives, we're going to be learning more and more and more about money, right? If if you're interested in stuff and you're interested in building wealth, you're always going to be learning things about money, which might lead you to like regret something that you did in your twenties or like 10 years ago or whatever, right? Like maybe now that you know this much about like health and bulimia and the negative impacts that has on your life right now, maybe you would not make the same choice right now but you did the best that you could with the tools that you had at the time mm-hmm. that's such 100%. a compassionate way of looking um looking at your past and, and understanding yourself without any regret um another thing that really really uh, i wanted to get in is that whoever's listening to this i bet you anything that you're not doing as badly as you think you are. <laughs> I feel like you are like, you're not 
you're, you're not like a mess. You're not like, um, your life isn't chaos or anything like that. Like, um, Jacqueline, I feel like we kind of worked through this a little bit together mm -hmm. is like, it's so interesting because I find a lot of people like who are actually very good at something. They're the hardest on themselves about it. So mm -hmm. like you actually had, like you were very proficient with money and are yeah. proficient with money and very good at it. And, and yet you were so hard on yourself in terms of like how you managed it and things like that. Right. So mm -hmm. I bet you for most people listening to this call, if I looked at your stuff, I would tell you that you're doing way better than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah. A lot of times people are, I don't know who they're comparing themselves to. They're comparing themselves to like the most perfect beings that don't ever exist that they think what everyone's doing. Um, and it's just not real and you're actually doing pretty well. And a lot of it comes from like, again, that unrealistic perception of what you think you should be and unconscious beliefs. Like I, th I thought, you know, like debt's bad, debt is shameful, poor self-control, that sort of stuff. And really, you know, I was managing bills month to month. I was doing what I was supposed to do, you know, and it just took a little bit more awareness and no, no, I don't want to say like uh, action and looking at it to start changing things a bit more. But I'm glad that you brought that up. A lot of people think they're doing far worse than they're actually doing. And I see that in bulimia recovery a lot too. Yeah. They think that they're just like, the... I also see people that like, they act, it's funny because like they'll struggle with bulimia, right? And they get better in recovery, but then they'll accidentally overeat on some chips and they're like, I'm back where I started, you know? And I think it's almost like, is if we have trauma from our past behaviors. So we then are even harder on ourselves because we don't want to slip back to that thing. But normal people sometimes slurge a little bit when they like, they'll spend a little money they probably shouldn't have spent or they eat a little, they overeat a little bit. And that's totally a common thing humans do. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. There is no one managing their money down to the cent. <laughs> Just no, like right? there's no one managing their food down to the calorie, right? Normal yeah. eaters have fluctuations. Normal human beings have fluctuations in their spending as well. Like there is mm -hmm. no human out there who like has like a spreadsheet and they're like, I spend exactly $200 on food every week. And then I allocate $50 every month for like my dog's vet bill. Like, and, and managing all that, like exactly to a T that is just not how it goes. Right. Mm -hmm. There's fluctuations all over the place. Well, I used to, and this is a common mindset I'm sure you see, cause, um, Dave Ramsey, love him or hate him. Like, I think some of his advice is actually quite good, but then some of his advice that people will say, like, oh, it's a little toxic, but like, he's always like every single dollar needs a name. Like it has to go somewhere. And when I would hear that, then I was like, I would have an unexpected expense come up, of course. And then I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't know where this goes. And then I would just be like, fuck it. We're just not even going to budget for this month because it's already ruined. And then you just spend and do whatever. And it's like, no, you just need to understand that just like scheduling or anything, things fluctuate. Like you said, it's normal. Totally. Yes. And like, you kind of pointed to something that I think a lot of people have with money and, and maybe they also have it with eating and bulimia is that all or nothing thinking, right? Yeah. Like, okay, well, if I, if it got messed up yesterday, then just like, fuck it all. Like, it's just, it's all gone to, to pieces here. Right. And, and people definitely have that with money. They get on these like very, very rigid systems. And then when like one thing, like, 
uh, I don't know, they didn't have the right row in their budget for this, like this thing, like you said, they forgot. It's just like, oh no, like it's, it's, it's not going to work again. And we need to just throw the whole thing out. Um, instead of like what I'm sure, like what you do a lot with your clients is just evaluating. And I, um, you said this before in one of your podcasts, just like looking at the behavior as a neutral thing and evaluating, okay, what were the, what were the things that maybe led to that? How was I feeling? What was I thinking? Right. And using it as data, like that's what all you're spending and spending can be. It can just be data. Um, and, and, um, getting really good with money is a journey. It's the same thing with like health and everything. It's a journey. It doesn't happen in one week. You no. go from like zero yeah. to like being an accountant. It's a journey that happens <laughs> over time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said like it's it's all or nothing thinking and it needs to be flexible. When things go awry, things deviate, then looking at it and understanding, well, why did it happen? What's going on? What can we do in the future? It's like, it's like anything, you know, if if a meteor crashed into earth tomorrow and you survived, you wouldn't be like, I didn't plan for the meteor. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm such an idiot. You'd be like, we got to figure out what we need to do. <laughs> the meteors crashed in, half the earth is gone. <laughs> the, like, the earth is like crumbling into space. What, what do we do? But you, would, you wouldn't be beating yourself up. And I think the same things you need to do when it comes to money, new money expenses or anything else. And the, I, we got to wrap things up two things I wanted to ask you, um, actually multiple things, but one, you, your journey sounds very much so like you were good with money from the get-go. Was that true? Where you just liked money and you just were very interested in it. And then you learned how to get good at money over time. I think it's actually, um, the interest in it, maybe like Um, And and this is a a myth that I want to dispel is that some people are like good with money and it, uh, what I want to tell everyone in the world is that money is a concept. Nobody is born good at it. It's just like nobody's born speaking English or Japanese. It's a Mm. language that you have to learn over time, right? You go to school to learn it. You practice it. You make a bunch of mistakes. People help correct you, blah, 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 right? Nobody's actually innately good at money or innately good at this stuff, right? It's like, um, it's learning it over time. So I think it was actually like maybe my interest in it that led me to like, um, first of all, go to school in it. And I've read so many personal finance books. I can't even count (laughs) because I am interested in it. Um, that doesn't mean that someone who wants to be good at money needs to do that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, just to tell everyone that like, this is something you can learn. You don't have to spend nearly as much time as I did learning it because I, I'm really interested in this stuff, but like, it's, it's something, it's not something you're good or bad at, but, good or bad at it's just something you decide to learn or not mm-hmm. yeah thank you for clarifying that because that's why that's why I asked you the question because I know some people are like well she's just good at it and like you said no one the money is like as a man-made construct that is not found in nature it's not anything biological evolutionary about it it's just something that we use so of course you are not freaking born good at money you may be born I would say with traits that could help you to manage money, but that's about it. And then you still have to learn how to apply those traits to managing money. 
Totally. And there are parts about money that like my personality and the way I, my brain works doesn't even jive with at all. Like I am not detail oriented and like, I hate like, just like, um, like, I don't know, reviewing things and like getting things really, really perfect. So from that perspective, like, I'm not even like good at that, that stuff. Like, I, mm-hmm. like when I have to look at my finances, I used to talk to someone, I'm going to like, look at it every single month, but I'm just like, not the kind of person that like has like, is really like stuck on routine and like has, um, I don't know, does things like every single day or like the first of every month or anything. So I would leave it for like two or three months and then I'd be like, oh no, I do it all. So like, I'm not even like a detail oriented person. You don't have to be a detail. You don't have to be anything in particular to be good at money. You're good at money when your money is doing what you want it to do in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfectly well said. Like you're good at money when you are doing what you want to be doing with money. And that is totally relevant to you. Absolutely. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to ask you before, first of all, like where can people find you if they want to go work with you or find out more and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. So you can find me at coach Megan Tong and, um, yeah, I'd love for you to follow me there. Um, my website is www.coachmegantong.com. So you can also find me there. And, uh, if you're interested in this stuff, interested in taking your money life to the next level, I'd love to hear from you and schedule a consult. Yeah. And her, I will say that your consult alone was incredibly valuable. And that's what consoles should be, right? They help provide clarity and making decision. Very, very amazing. The last thing I wanted to ask you is like anyone out there, I know we've covered so much advice, right? But anyone out there struggling with money, not knowing what to do, what would be like the first piece of advice you would give for them? And it's a hard question. Yes. Sorry. I'm like, Oh, I have so many things to say. I think the first thing is trying on the thought that you're not doing as badly as you think that you are. Okay. Mm. Trying on that thought that like, you're going to be okay. The other thought, like, um, I'll take from Mary Faleo is that everything is figure outable and Mm. you can figure this out too. And something that has really helped with, um, some of my clients is, just bringing up money with somebody that you're close with. So many people shy away from having any kind of money conversations. And that just like, you know, breeds the shame and the negative um, feelings. And a lot of times, like when you share this stuff, first of all, you will get closer to the, whoever you decide to share it with, like your relationship will be stronger for it because it's something that's vulnerable, but also you will realize that like, we're all in this together. Like my, my, one of my clients, when she told her friends about like the debt that she had that arose from a divorce that she had, she found out that like 50% of her friends also had debt. Right. And, um, yeah. And she was thinking like, she was like a horrible person who doesn't have her shit together and she's such a failure and everything like that. Meanwhile, it's just like, everybody's privately thinking that. And sometimes just airing it out with someone that you're close with can help so much. Uh, brilliant advice. Yeah. Especially with the sharing it with people. That is the main reason I came to work with you too. It's because I was just so constantly stressed about money. I didn't even know what I knew. I wanted to like make more money. I knew I should be handling money better, but I was just like constantly anxious about it. And I needed someone to talk to about it that, and I didn't want to be like, I was talking to my boyfriend about it, but I needed someone with an outside perspective. And talking about it helped because I would just shy away from it. I would pretend it wasn't there and it made it 10 times worse. 
And so you're right, just talking about it with someone or a coach like you is extremely vital. And like you said, it brings people closer together and makes you realize you're not just the weird one that a lot of people are struggling with it. Like if you're struggling with it, chances are tons of people are struggling with it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that informative episode. I'm sure it helped a lot of people. I know that funny, I was just talking with a client about these subjects the other day. So thank you so much for being on the show, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and, of course. Um, I don't know if this goes like screw but Jeff and I just want to acknowledge you for all of for like getting what you needed first of all finding yourself a coach and then getting what you came for in every single session right like you just oh, came thank you and like brought your stuff and was so willing to like implement and um and do things and challenge yourself do scary things try on new thoughts um so i like just watching you grow over the time that we were together um was incredible and yeah thank you megan appreciate that all right well (laughs) i feel like it's weird when you receive like compliments you're like oh i don't know what to do But thank you. It was really, really fun to work with you as well. For everyone listening out there, thank you for listening and being there. Um, Never give up on yourself, guys.